You're listening to Simple Roots Wellness, episode number 141, and today we're talking about adrenal fatigue. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa. As always, this is a place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy We're coming to a close on our metabolism series. Yes, it has been so much fun, and I've gotten so many amazing emails about how this has changed your health, how it's changed your habits, and how so many of you are finding so much valuable information from this series. So if you haven't been listening or this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We are at the end of a metabolism series. In fact, there's only one more podcast in this series next week, which my series don't stop. Like there's not going to be a break. But if you haven't been listening, you've got to go back to the beginning, which was episode number 130, and check that podcast out. This has been such an amazing ride with metabolism, and I really have enjoyed it. Like, I've enjoyed taking a deeper dive into a subject and helping to uncover the truth about it. Because as we've learned, metabolism is so much more than just calories in equals calories out or pushing our body into submission and all the things that we've been taught. It has to do with our mind and our emotions, as well as our lifestyle choices. So, Again, go back to episodes number 130 up until now have all been about metabolism, a lot of different things in there, so I hope you find it valuable. Like I said, today we're coming to the end of the metabolism series. There's one more final episode that I'm going to do is just a recap about like the basic, here's where you need to start, like foundation of metabolism, and then we're going to dive into some new subjects. But for now, I have a guest on, and I know I told you last week that this was all going to be about intermittent fasting and fasting. Long story short, but we had some issues with that podcast, and so we're in the process of re-recording that, but in the meantime, I wanted to fill in, and this was like the perfect episode that I could provide for that, Um, and it goes totally along with the metabolism series. So adrenal fatigue, like I said, this is something that so many people struggle with. Some don't even know it, but it could be the reason you're tired or overweight or have an inability to lose weight, and you're overly stressed and all the things. So today, I'm going to interview Allie Damerun, who is an adrenal fatigue expert, just like a holistic healthcare practitioner. She is an acupuncturist and a certified personal trainer. She just has so much knowledge on this topic and one that we can take a deeper dive as it relates to metabolism. So I'm going to be asking her questions about adrenal fatigue, why so many people suffer from it, how it does affect our metabolism for good and for bad, if we can overcome that to actually overcome our weight loss plateaus, and so much more. This is a really great interview. You're going to want to stick around and check that out. But she also is giving away a free guide that I'm going to be linking up in the show notes. So if you want more help in the subject and sleeping well and all the things that you need to help fix your adrenals, head on over to the show notes at simplerotswellness.com backslash 141 to get all the information on today's show as well as that free guide from Allie. Also, while you're there, sign up for my email list. This is the best way to stay in touch with me, to get deeper information, to kind of go along on my own health journey and learn more about me as well as, like I said, connect on a deeper level. Plus, I give out resources that I'm loving, recipes that I'm liking, and so much more. So to sign up for my email list, just head on over there, enter your name and email list, and you will be good to go. And I know, you get a ton of emails. You don't want your inbox more full. I promise I won't send you a ton, but what I do send you will be so worthwhile, and I would love to have you a part of that community. So just head on over there, grab the show notes, sign up for the email list, and you are good to go. But for now, I promise you, we are going to get right to the show, and welcome Allie to the show. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about our adrenals. Now, I know that the adrenal gland and adrenal fatigue is kind of like a buzzing word, I feel like, lately. Mm -hmm. And so I just really want to get into it and how it relates to our metabolism. But I want to help people understand how the adrenals are linked, what the adrenals are, and what we can do for them. Because it is a big subject, and so many people suffer Mm -hmm. with adrenal fatigue. So I just want to first start by having you fill us in on what exactly is adrenal fatigue and how would someone know if they had it? Yeah. So like you said, adrenal fatigue is kind of like a buzzword now, I think. And um, there's a lot of kind of different aspects to adrenal fatigue. So in a nutshell, your adrenal glands live above your kidneys and your back. 
and what they do, they're responsible for producing things like adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine, progesterone, DHEA, aldosterone, some of the hormones in our body. When we are under chronic stress and cortisol levels are, or cortisol is a hormone, which is continuously producing, and then that kind of drags um, adrenaline up too, your body can start to get kind of used to being in that stage. And your body starts to adapt, do things to adapt to being in that kind of a, a phase all the time. And so from there, it basically can start to kind of steal like other hormones and crea- create um, lower hormone levels or unbalanced hormone levels in other aspects of your body, such as low progesterone, low DHEA, low testosterone. Um, and it can also because all of our cells have cortisol receptors on them, it really can affect us pretty widespread in our body. So things like the immune system can become impaired, your brain health, like your memory and concentration, um, anxiety is a big part of it, Um, just feeling fatigued, your sleep cycle is a huge aspect of it. Some people feel like they can't wake up in the morning, they feel absolutely exhausted. And then they might reach for some coffee and maybe do okay for a few hours and then kind of have an afternoon energy dip. And then some people actively have um, a second wind in the evening hours. So then it makes it hard to go to sleep. And then they sleep restless at night and the cycle kind of continues. You also can notice like hormonal sex hormone things um, in your periods. So things like spotting before your cycles or regular periods or maybe just not even having periods anymore. Um, PMS can be a part of it. So, yeah, as I said, like super widespread um, effects of adrenal fatigue. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when you take adrenal fatigue, how do you specifically link this to our metabolism? Like, how would you go about doing that? Yeah. So there's a lot of like sciencey ways to do this, but um, basically your adrenal glands produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone. When you have an increase in cortisol, like I said, that kind of changes the balance of things like DHEA, adrenaline, and then cortisol is also linked to weight fluctuation. So whether you have an excess or a deficiency in cortisol can impact blood sugar levels and thyroid function, which then will trigger like weight gain or weight fluctuations, which is a symptom of um, low metabolism. So then it kind of goes into insulin. So when cortisol is increased, your cells can actually become insulin resistant because when cortisol is increased, it throws off the blood sugar balance in the body too. And some people, it throws it off as much as like somebody with type 2 diabetes even. So that's also kind of a, a way that people gain weight is when insulin is off. Insulin and cortisol are fat storing hormones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when we look at weight loss, because we you brought that up in that topic, mm-hmm. sometimes I think we're going about this all in the wrong way. You know, like it's like this yeah. vicious cycle where it, and it kind of depends on where we fall with it. And maybe I'm all wrong about this, but there has to be a better way. So yeah. let me ask you the question that I ponder all the time. Why do you feel like we're a nation inhibited by weight loss? Like, is it just because of this massive amount of stress or is it the wrong kinds of stress? Because I know that there are some stress that are good for us. You know, like fasting, we have been known that's a stress on the body, but a good one. Mm -hmm. Exercise is the same thing. So what, when Mm -hmm. you look at weight loss in general, this epidemic that we have going on, what, what do you feel like is kind of the root cause behind that? Yeah. So I think there's uh, so many factors that play into this part. I actually, maybe like a year ago, read this article that talked about, um, our generation versus like a generation, I think it was like 30 or 40 years ago. And despite our generation eating the same amount of calories as somebody from that generation, we're um, more obese and bigger than they are. And a lot of it has to do with toxins. Mm. And so we are like stressing our body out and putting things that our body doesn't have any idea what to do with, which now that we're talking about adrenal glands and stress, those things actually do cause stress on our body. Inflammatory foods, pesticides, chemicals, toxins, all of those things um, create a toxic load in our body, which is stressful to it to figure out what to do with it all. 
hence raising cortisol levels. So I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, obviously the yo-yo dieting is a big part of it. Our metabolism is not like a rubber band. Mm -hmm. You can't just like do a fad diet or a crash diet or whatever and then, you know, lose some weight and then gain it all back and then just have it like this yo-yo going on. It gets harder and harder every time you do that to restore your metabolism to a good baseline because your body doesn't know what to expect from you. It gets nervous mm-hmm. when you've like lost weight in a fad diet situation and then you put it back on. It gets nervous that you're going to do that again. So it likes to store everything. Um, so I think that's a part of it. I think emotional eating is a part of it. I think that, um, you know, just the diets in general. I, mm-hmm. In my own life, I really try to keep health a very simple thing. I think that we are going way into complex, complicated things now. And I think that that's where we're getting it all wrong. I think that, you know, in generations before us, just with very simple way of living, like they got it right. Right. And we're making it very complex. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And the fact that like we've almost zoomed in so much. And while I think it's somewhat beneficial, I think for Mm -hmm. the average person who's just looking to get healthy, like what if we just zoomed out on our life and looked at it as a whole? Because Mm -hmm. as we talk about this, like it's just one thing leads to another thing. And it just, it's, it's hard to tell what the starting point is, right? Like it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like what is messed up first and what needs to be worked on? But if we just start focusing Mm -hmm. on the little things so often, I feel like I'm recommending the same things for every different Uh disease process over Mm -hmm. and over and over. Like nothing changes. Like these are the requirements no matter where you Mm -hmm. find yourself. Totally. That is, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Like we are just over complexifying a subject that doesn't need to be. Um, And we're giving it more power than it deserves. Not that say that our health isn't worth it, but food, you know, we're, we're letting it have more power in our lives than it needs to have. Um, Yeah. I think that's such a huge thing too. Like, I get asked every single day, and I'm sure you do too, like exactly what to eat and exactly macronutrient counting and if you should do paleo or keto. And to be honest with you, like I don't, I choose in my life not to self-identify with any one form of eating Mm -hmm. because I think that just the mindset that it puts you in, it makes me instantly go to a place of like deprivation. Right. Um. And I've learned that with my own self over the course of a decade and how I respond to food and my mindset toward it. And that just works for me. Um, But man, I get asked all the time about like, what should my exact macronutrient calculations be? And it doesn't, that's, I think we're missing the boat with that. Like if you're going to do a figure competition or something, then yeah, you can dial into it and actually figure that out. But just as a way to like get healthy, I don't think that needs to be done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right. Because... When we go back to the adrenals, I mean, the stress alone of trying to live a healthy life can be mm-hmm. enough to tax the adrenals. Yeah, that's true. So like, yeah, when, when I when you talk about this, because we have this like good stress, bad stress, how do we distinguish that? Can you give us some ideas of what are good stresses on the body and why we need good stress, but also mm-hmm. when stress goes too far and then we become we have these adrenal issues? Because what mm-hmm. I know to be true and helping clients is that if we have adrenal fatigue on going on, it's nearly impossible to help someone lose weight like their body is in such a building phase Mm -hmm. that survival mode and that Mm -hmm. we really can't fight that without doing doing what your body needs so how do we kind of work through good stress bad stress kind of putting this all together Mm -hmm. yeah so like you said there is good stress and bad stress the good stress is called you stress and it is things like fasting exercise um you know some emotional stress is fine But then when it becomes overboard, then it becomes distress, which is not good. Um, I here's how I kind of explain it to my patients. So I kind of view it as like a reservoir of stress. We all have one and everything goes in there. Exercise, fasting, over exercising, under eating, um, emotional stress, personality characteristics. If you're very type A perfectionist, people pleasing, that's going to cause you a lot of stress in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when life throws something at you like a a hard situation or a stressful situation, then possibly you should reduce like your intense hit workout just a little bit to compensate for some of that extra stress. When you are having a relatively calm, um, you know, 
part in your life and not a lot of crazy stress is going on, then fast for 16 hours and do your HIIT workouts and, you know, really dial into nutrition and all of those things that um, might create some of the good stress on your body. But I think it's all about being self-aware and like what you can handle. If you're not sleeping well at night, then chances are you shouldn't, like if you get six hours of sleep and it's kind of restless and you have a lot on your mind and your goal is to wake up at 5 a.m. and do a massive HIIT workout, your body's going to be taxed. Right. Like you would probably be doing yourself a good favor to just sleep through your workout then. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, that's counterproductive to most of our culture where we think like never regret a workout and wake up and get the job done in very um, intense motivation, I guess, which is very admirable. And I lived my life like that for a really long time. But because I'm a perfectionist and because I'm type A, I've learned that I have to listen to my body. And if I know that I'm either emotionally or just physically under amount of stress, like something else has to give to kind of compensate for that level of stress. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, it totally goes back to self-awareness of like our bodies yes. are designed for stress, but right. anytime, no matter where we've lived and what century we've lived in, too much stress has always caused problems. Mm-hmm. And so I like how you defined it, like distress and use stress and um, kind of going through there. So when we when we break that down even further, how does someone know and tell like they're on the beginning phases of adrenal fatigue? Because adrenal fatigue doesn't just happen like our adrenals can handle a load. Yeah. So how yeah. do we know like we're, we're pushing itself too far and how do we recover from that? Like how quickly can mm-hmm. we recover from that? Yeah. So adrenal fatigue is I break it down to like phases or stages. So like stage one would be like you had a big deadline at work and you worked for a week straight, um, you know, a little bit extra hours, like maybe 70 hours a week and you push yourself pretty hard for that week. But then the next week you were able to like let off the gas a little bit and relax. Your adrenals got taxed, but you can sleep it off. You can maybe take some extra B vitamins, Mm -hmm. maybe do a little extra self-care, and be okay with it within probably like a week, you know, or a couple days even. Um, you know, you just kind of let yourself relax a little bit, sleep more, and you can recover. Then you go into like stage two and three where, you know, maybe you had like a death in the family or you're a long-term caregiver for a family member or you had a, I mean, you could probably relate to this, like a business and you're launching a product. That's a longer thing. And it takes a lot of effort and energy and sleepless nights sometimes. And um, that's going to be a little bit longer. So if it's been like a month or two of that, then it's probably going to take you close to that to get out of it again. Um, And it's not a bad thing. There's always going to be ebbs and flows in our life. And I don't want anyone listening to think that our bodies can't handle stress and that we're not resilient. We are like the most resilient things that could have been designed. We're super resilient and our bodies do amazing things to compensate for what we're going through. And in fact, fight or flight response is a compensation and is a um, defense mechanism for us. Our body's trying to protect us when it does that. Mm-hmm. And then um, you go into like the fourth phase where maybe you yourself had like a chronic illness or a cancer or something like that that lasted several months to several years. And that's going to take probably about that same amount of time to get out of. Um, and it just is. It's a lot of self-awareness and healing is never a learning a linear journey at all. Um, there's going to be days where you feel amazing and maybe you push yourself too hard, stay up too late and you're going to feel tired again the next day. Um, but you know, you just, you keep going with the extra sleep, the extra rest, the extra self care. I think gratitude journaling is super underestimated in healing from adrenal fatigue. Right. Right. I really do. I think that it makes your body produce like calming, um, hormones and it turns off that fight or flight response. And that can be such a huge relief for people with adrenal fatigue. Yeah. So I want to talk more about sleep and gratitude because I think these are often the things we miss. Like this is hard hitting New Year's resolutions, which is mm-hmm. exercise more, eat less, all those things. But when you really start talking about sleep, like let's just get into sleep for, for a second. I think mm-hmm. we miss the reality that we're actually sleep can actually rev your metabolism. So can you just explain like yeah. what that looks like? Because I think we we forget. I think we look at 
life and it's easy to think we are only burning calories when we're up and we're about Mm -hmm. but really it's not true um Mm -hmm. in the case so can you kind of break that myth for us yeah so there's been so much research i think on sleep and all of its amazing benefits and on the contrary sleep deprivation and what it actually does do to our body um and with sleep, it's really intricately related to several hormonal and metabolic processes. Um, when you are in sleep deprivation, meaning under, you know, it varies for every person, but about six or seven hours a night, um, your sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for fight or flight, starts to get overstimulated, which then leads to adrenal fatigue and other hormonal issues. Your hormone um, balance becomes kind of skewed and off. And then, um, it actually leads to inflammation too, due to the extra cortisol in your body. Um, and so kind of a a detrimental thing all the way around. We know that cortisol and inflammation and your gut microbiome are kind of the three things in life that you want in control for disease prevention. Um, and not sleeping kind of wrecks all three of them actually. Mm. So when you don't sleep enough, your body can also produce extra of your hunger stimulating hormones. So your body needs a quick bit of energy. So it's going to crave sugar or salt and it's going to produce more of these hormones to get you to eat more. You're also going to be off in your judgment of if you're full or hungry. So you tend to eat more if you're sleep deprived too. Um, and then lastly, when you get less than six hours of sleep, research has shown that the glucose and insulin levels in your fat cells kind of lose their ability to properly use insulin, um, which causes fat buildup. So kind of all across the board, there's all these different metabolic metabolic processes that really get off when you just don't sleep. So yes, sleep is actually a productive thing. Right, right. And it's necessary and needed, obviously. And I think we can all, again, if we're self-aware, feel the difference. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, between when we're doing that and when we're not. And like you said, it can cause all the cravings and all the things like, um, I like how you said it, like kind of it hit home at the three main issues we have when it comes to our adrenals and metabolism. So, so Mm -hmm. good. Okay. Let's talk about gratitude then. So gratitude from my research is one of the highest forms of healing, which is, I think, one of those things that's easy to say, but I think it's harder to believe because we think how in the world could this be making such a huge impact? (laughs) And I love the mind and I think it's really fascinating. And I always like Mm -hmm. to try and incorporate how powerful the mind is. So can you break down that for us and just kind of help show how powerful that is even on our adrenal glands, right? It's not just about all these stresses we're doing, but the stress of our thoughts alone can be Mm -hmm. overwhelming for our system. So why is that? Like what is happening with that? Yeah. So as a small caveat, I kind of resisted gratitude and journaling and all of that work for a really long time. Like I was into drinking the water and going to sleep and eating healthy and doing all these workouts for my health. But I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't know why I just had some resistance to it. And so I just didn't do it. And in the beginning of 2018, Um, I decided to read all these personal development books and every single one had gratitude in it. So by like March of reading probably 15 books, I was like, okay, dang it. (laughs) I just got to do this. (laughs) So despite like knowing all the research and all that stuff, but I think it is, it's like one of those things that you don't really know what that is. Mm -hmm. Like what is gratitude? How do you do it? (laughs) Um, so I started, I had already done all the research of it, of how it actually impacted us and all those things. Um, And so I started doing it. And for me, the best way I found to do it is to write down 10 things at night that I'm grateful for from that day because our days get busy. And as a perfectionist or someone who's kind of type A, I would constantly go to bed and being like, I didn't get this done. This situation needed to change. I didn't do well at this. I need to be better at this brainstorming about my business, brainstorming about how I should have lifted heavier weights or you know what I mean? All those kind of things that we get bogged down with in life. And instead, since I've done this, I've done it for almost a year now. Um, 
you end your day feeling fulfilled. You end your day realizing that you were productive, that things did go right in your life, and that you do have things to be grateful for. And for me, it was really beneficial to do it on like a smaller scale um, with things like that instead of like, I'm grateful for my husband. Well, like for what about him? Right. What did he do today? You know what I mean? And it got me into actually being able to feel that feeling because when you do gratitude, the goal of it is to actually actively feel you can feel your hormones and your body switching out of like sympathetic nervous system dominance to a place of like calm, fulfilling, um, you know, more, right. I guess, gratitude. Right, like, right. You know what I mean? You like can you're feel shifting that. mind spaces. Yeah. Right. And you can feel your adrenaline stop pumping and your cortisol stop pumping and you feel calm and relaxed. And that really and truly that feeling is the goal mm-hmm. from gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell my patients to like, think of yourself in like your happy place. If you're sitting on a beach or the mountains or whatever, and think about how you feel and visualize like, is your heart beating fast? Is your breath, are you breathing fast? Are your muscles tense? Is your stomach in knots? Like none of those things are happening. Right. You're not, none of them are. Right. If you're in your happy place, your body's able to relax. And that is really feeling like that is the goal of gratitude mm-hmm. so that your body can stop producing all those stress hormones. Right. Cause I like how you said it of, you know, like when you feel like your stomach's in knots, it's not really there, but it shows again, the power of the mind, you know, like when we get yeah. butterflies in our stomach or when we start to blush, those are all happening. Like the true physiological response is happening yeah. just by our thoughts. And it's yeah. pretty incredible. And I mean, the numbers are astonishing of 60,000 thoughts on average a day. Like that's so many things that could really bog us down. And I'm with you. Gratitude has been one of those things in my life. I know the research. I see it all the time. But yet it's just almost so simple that it's hard to do. Uh Like, again, why do we go back to over complexifying everything about health? Like if it's not painful, it must not be healthy for me. I know. Totally. Why can't we just feel good? Yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, in my own life, um, I've had to become very self-aware about things, but when I'm having symptoms, whether it's like heart palpitations or muscle tenseness or um, maybe lightheadedness or a headache or something, I always ask myself, like, if I was sitting in my happy place right now, would this be happening? Mm. And honestly, mostly no. Right. Most of those symptoms go away when you're feeling calm and grateful and not in sympathetic nervous system dominance. Right. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me about how the adrenal glands, right? One of, would you say, here, let me ask this. Would you say the adrenal glands are kind of one of the last steps before your body kind of goes into disease mode? Like one of the last saving graces or, or do you not think that way? Um, I can yeah, be that's totally an, wrong. With I don't that. know that. I mean, I can definitely see what you're going with. I do think that most diseases are caused by cortisol. Mm, right. I'm yeah. The inflammation. I mean, and yeah. 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 I just like, I, so. I mean, your adrenals are always working, but once mm-hmm. you hit adrenal fatigue, like you've burnt out that. Mm-hmm your body's ability. Yeah. And it's still fighting. Like, I feel like once you hit adrenal fatigue, you've just pushed your body into like a chronic state of cortisol, which is mm-hmm. necessary. It's just mm-hmm. in the doses that we're providing our body. Yeah, really exactly. Harmful. Cortisol is really like your best friend. Like mm-hmm. it gets you up in the morning and it provides motivation. It does everything that we want it to. But in our very type A uh, testosterone kind of masculine type of energy society, um, it gets burned out. We don't have enough of like that calming, cooling, relaxing, um, just being type of energy going on around us. And I know that sounds super woo woo, but, um, do you know what I'm saying? Like we're always rushed and busy and tense and going and our minds are going a million miles an hour and we're not, which is fine, but we need to counterbalance it with the other stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. So if someone came to you with thoughts of adrenal fatigue, which I'm going to say that there's a lot of people out there who are borderline adrenal fatigue, if not full blown. Mm hmm. What do you think are like the top, what would you give them to be the top three things that they should be working on to help overcome that, to fix that? 
So number one is sleep, which I know is kind of a double-edged sword for people with adrenal fatigue because sometimes you can't sleep. And to be honest, I have had it so bad where I just couldn't even sleep anymore because my cortisol would spike at the wrong times and I would be wired in mm. the hours I was supposed to be sleeping. So that's that's a tough place to be. But um, thankfully, there's herbs to get us out of that that time for right, a little bit. Right. Um, so sleep as much as you can or rest. Um, and then that would be the number one thing. The number two thing is really do an inventory of where you're getting your stress from. Is it because you're under eating and over exercising? Is it because you're really type A? Is it because you're having family stress around you or you're having a tr hard time saying no and over committing yourself to obligations? Is it lack of sleep? Where, why are you in adrenal fatigue? Like what aspect of your life is causing that? Because there's an aspect of it. And in my own experience with myself and my patients, I've given the herbs and done the acupuncture and all the right physical treatment modalities. But until you get that part of your life reeled in, you're never going to be able to fully heal. Like you'll get two steps forward and feel great. But inevitably, those things don't change until you change them. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're going to come back to them. So figuring out why you're feeling stressed or where that stress is coming from in your life is absolutely imperative. Mm. Um, and then, you know, adaptogenic herbs are probably my best friend. Okay, let's, I, let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. I'm gonna have a whole podcast on later about it. But yeah, uh, I mean, this is one of the trends of the new year, the adaptogens. Mm -hmm. Can you just explain briefly what adaptogens are? Yeah. So adaptogens are a class of herbs that basically help regulate your stress response and create a better resilience for you for stress. So without having video, it's hard to kind of use my hands to explain this. But if your stress level to where you feel symptoms is at one level, adaptogens just kind of level it up a little bit for you so that your body won't feel the effects quite as easy. Mm. Um, it helps boost your immune system. It helps your energy. It helps your sleep. They help your stress response. They help anxiety and depression. They really are a magical class of herbs, I think. Um, and I take them every day. I have for several years. But like I said, they they're wonderful but they're not the all, they're not the end all be all. Like you got to figure out your stuff in your life first. Right, right. Okay. So what are some of your favorite adaptogens? Um, so I like rhodiola, ashwagandha, schisandra berry, astragalus, and eleuthero. Okay. Those so are... what, let's go back. If someone was new to adaptogens, which one would you have them use and how would you use it? So I like them in blends. I think they just work really great synergistically together. Um, ashwagandha is definitely probably the most popular one. Um, yeah, right, right. Which I mean, it's amazing. Drops of that at the mm -hmm. store. Yeah. Yeah. And you can definitely take them in single herbs. Um, no worries. But I just think they work great when they're together with some um, rhodiola and some schisandra berry. And so maybe you like them better together. Like as I blends. Do. Yeah. 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 So there's a formula that's called Gaia Herbs Adrenal Health and then um, Innate Response Adrenal Response is another favorite. Uh-huh. Okay. And so you're just, you're not making drinks. I mean, like, you know, you see recipes yeah, with these. I know. No. You're literally just taking them like a supplement. Yeah. Yeah. So Mine are just super easy. Today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, there's a million, like for the adrenal glands, there's a million things to do for them. You can do organic grass fed beef. You can do beet juice. You can do, um, soleil water, which is basically just, uh, sea salt in your water with some lemon juice. Um, you can do medicinal mushrooms like reishi, coriceps. Those things are great too. Um, you could do magnesium and B vitamins and vitamin C. There's so many things to do for them. But as a starting point, I really like adaptogens. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that too. I think that they have a lot of power. And like you said, they adapt to what your body needs. Hence the name. Um, and it's pretty cool. It's something that I've just started kind of using in my own life. And you do experience a difference with it. Yeah, you do. And I will give the caveat that healing from adrenal fatigue is slow. It right. just is. It's the nature of the game. And it's not something 
I think as our culture, like we're used to taking a pill or something and seeing like energy happen. And it's not like that at all. This is like very slow. Um, I've read even that it could take 21 days for adaptogens to get into your cells. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, you gotta be in it for the long haul. You do. Yeah. And I, you know, in my own experience, like I would take them and then maybe a month or two months later, I would be on the treadmill running and be like, wow, I actually feel really good today doing this. Mm -hmm. And you just have like these light bulb moments along the way, but it was never like a, okay, I could tell I've been taking this today, like, or within a week or so. Right. Um, It it does. It takes time. It's not a drug. (laughs) No. I mean, that's the difference. Right. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. So this just kind of goes back to the adaptogens and the use and adrenals, right? And when we have our mindset, we see so many, I see so many people who struggle with anxiety. And mm-hmm. I mean, even having a personal struggle of that. And I know that adaptogens have kind of helped calm that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the chicken or the egg again. Like if you fix your adrenals, can you fix your anxiety or do you have to fix your anxiety to fix your adrenals? <laughs> you know, like I know I've had a personal struggle with anxiety too. Um, and honestly, that was kind of the biggest thing that prompted my uh, journey toward mindset because I was like, I'm doing all the physical stuff, right? For the adrenal fatigue. And it got really bad after I had my second baby and I was just feeling tired and worn down and all those things. And so I knew I was in adrenal fatigue. And so I did all the stuff and that part got better, but the anxiety was still lingering around for a while. And so I finally was like, I'm creating anxious thoughts and it's the way my brain is wired to Mm. react to things. So I started doing it more from a mindset standpoint. And, you know, I think that that part has helped a lot. Um, And like you said, it is a chicken and the egg thing. Like (laughs) anxiety in a nutshell is really like adrenaline going. That's really what we're feeling. And so is it the adrenal glands producing that or is it your own thoughts and perfectionism that's creating that? Mm -hmm. I honestly have come to the point now in my own journey where I think that it is the thoughts that are creating that Mm. feeling. Yeah. Do you find that the adaptogens help you? Yeah, I do. I do think that they did help. And I also took things like um, L-theanine and yeah. phosphatidylserine. I took things that were a little bit cal- more calming mm-hmm. um, because adaptogens just kind of do a baseline for you. You know what I mean? Like right. either if you're low, they'll raise it. If you're high, uh, lower it. But if you're feeling like that wiry feeling before bed and where you can't sleep, your cortisol is way too high mm-hmm. and it is helpful to take things that are, will calm you down uh-huh. too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That was a little off our topic, but yeah. again, it is like one of these issues that if we focus too much on it, it can become an overwhelming thing and yeah. cause more stress. So if we zoom yeah. out on this whole thing and we just like look at health in general, you kind of mm-hmm. gave your big three things that you could do to help. But like, what is your piece of advice that you would want everyone to know? Like, what do you encourage them? So honestly, I really encourage just keeping it simple and self-awareness. Like there's not a plan for everybody. There's not, you know, a certain strategy that's going to work for everybody. You just got to listen to what your body's telling you and your body is super smart. It will give you the answers. Mm. I know that, you know what I mean? As someone who's not into health, I know that that's a hard thing to kind of grasp. But as someone who's been in the health and wellness field for like 13 years, I promise that that's the truth. Right. If you just listen to what it's telling you, it's going to tell you what it needs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And it can be (laughs) overwhelming because it's like we want a system, but a system doesn't work unless you have the right tools, right? Like unless you have the right mindset. And I think we really got to go back and focus on that mindset. And I just feel like that's where so much of health is going. You can correct me if Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but I'm like, man, the longer I do this podcast, the more it just all points to the mind, to the mind, to the mind, to the Mm -hmm. mind. That's Um, funny that you say that because that's how I feel with my own podcast too. I, uh, you know, do a lot of hormone talks and, and different things like that. But I would say for the latter part of last year, it was like all focused on mindset. (laughs) You can't escape it. But if we go back to like, I mean, just if we look in the past of what hasn't worked, we know dieting doesn't like exercise and diet alone do not work. Um, Mm -hmm. There has to be more. And that's a key piece of the puzzle. And even when we talk about adrenals, 
you know, like some of the big foods that would be stressing our adrenals would be sugar. What do you think about caffeine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think, so I call it responsible caffeine drinking. So Mm -hmm. I think that if your adrenal glands are relatively healthy, they're supposed to have a spike of cortisol within 30 minutes of waking up in the morning. So if you have one cup of coffee or one caffeinated beverage along with that spike that's supposed to happen, I think it's generally okay for people. Mm -hmm. Is it fantastic? No. If you can get away without doing it, would it be better? Yes. But for somebody who feels like they're going to die when they get up because they're so tired, like taking away their coffee too is just a little too much sometimes. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think like that's how I, I kind of coin it with my own patients is just be responsible with this. Don't have your afternoon latte because that's really going to throw things off. But right. as long as you have it early in the morning and don't have a ton, I think it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes, makes sense. What are some other foods <laughs> that... Or do not even do you not even touch on that? Like, is that just too much? Right? No, I do a lot of work with nutrition. I've actually studied cellular nutrition for about 10 years. And I really love working with food and nutrition. Um, So I give all my patients guidelines and things that they should and shouldn't eat being, you know, eat your good sources of protein and organic grass fed pasture raised, eat lots of vegetables, fruit, um, and healthy fats. Those are kind of my, my things that I recommend a lot for hormonal health. Um, but I have people all the time that are like, okay, I need to eliminate grains and I need to eliminate sugar and processed food. And it goes back to exactly what you said. Like, is this going to stress you out to the point that you're feeling deprived and then you're going to binge or you're going to just get into like a victim mindset? Because if that's where you're going to go with it, then don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell my patients all the time too, like I've been at this for a long time, like over a decade and I don't really eat grains anymore, but it took me a long time to get there. I didn't just one day just go from eating four sources of grains a day to zero. Mm -hmm. Um, I made it a long journey so that it was sustainable and it was a habit. And like I said, I don't ever coin myself as grain free because mm-hmm. the minute I did that, I'd want to go off a bagel probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, Again, it goes back to the mind, right? <laughs> yep, totally. So I just, you know, in my life, I just don't eat a lot of grains. But um, yeah, I just think that people need to do it slower and sustainably and really figure out what works in your own life. And we're always changing and evolving. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Everyone will get there right. as long as we try. Right. But I like what you said. It's just about finding your normal, you know, like your new normal, which takes a little bit of discipline. Like nothing's, mm-hmm. if this were easy, we would all be healthy, right? Like at some right, point, yeah. there's got to be some level of discipline, Was it? which isn't always the easiest thing. But like you said, if you go yeah. about it in the slow, the right mm-hmm. way, it can it can mm-hmm. make a huge difference. And then it becomes your normal. Like I yeah. I am like going back. My motto for the year is health has to be something. Health has to be someone you are. Like it has to be who yeah. you are, not something you do. And right. I mean, there's a level of doing in this. But, you know, when you mm-hmm. see people who are, you know, you we know are running friends or are healthy friends. Like that's mm-hmm. how you've been classified. But we can all be there. It's not like they were mm-hmm. born better at something than you were. I mean, yes, we all have giftings, but we can all be healthy. Like we were all born in health. Um, Totally. Yeah. And for you, like, I don't know, I I would assume that you probably feel the same way, but I love to eat healthy and exercise. Like it's not a chore for me anymore. It used to be. Mm -hmm. I hated vegetables for a long time. Right. But but, finding a way that works for you, right? Like, yeah, now I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want this to be a a question that it's been repeated, but one thing, right? Like one thing that you want someone to do today, leaving this podcast to make a change. Uh, in terms of all over health. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would probably say eat vegetables. Yeah. Those are, that's a good place to start, I think. Right. Okay. Speaking of mm-hmm. that, I promise I just keep running on this podcast. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're totally just- fine. <laughs> When we talk about vegetables, right, like the fiber and we can get into our gut microbiome. And there is some like really fascinating research about our gut microbiome and our adrenals um, mm-hmm. as it can go back to anything, right? Like our gut microbiome now they know is producing hormones and other things that are mm-hmm. helping our body out. Uh, wh- have you done any research into this connection? And 
I have. Yes, I've done a ton of research into it. It's super fascinating. So what is your take on it? So I think that I think your gut microbiome is like the foundation of health. Mm-hmm. In Chinese medicine, we always have said that digestion is like your your foundation because it gets rid of what you don't need and it gives your nutrients to what needs to have nutrients. Um, so I definitely still feel that same way that it is, but I do feel like like fight or flight response, that's going to decrease blood flow to your gut, which is why we can start to have immune symptoms and GI symptoms when we're under stress. Um, From there, it also can impact the good bacteria. It can change, like we talked about, insulin responses and it can change inflammation. And so I think in my own mind, everything is all connected. Mm -hmm. Like I I truly do believe that... um, as a whole disease is caused by what we said, cortisol, insulin, and the gut health and, um, or uh, sorry, adrenaline and the gut health. And I think that, uh, they're all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's just what is triggering it, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So fascinating. And yeah, like you said, it's just one small starting point. And I mean, even when you go back to gut health, like I tell people like you didn't use to like vegetables I didn't used to like vegetables. Like, mm-hmm. of course, they don't taste as good as processed food. But that's right. part of our gut. Like, right? right? Like, uh-huh. our gut is determining our taste preference, too. Uh-huh. So kind of yeah. the more you get into this, the more you do something, the easier it becomes simply because your body adapts mm-hmm. to the positivity of that. And it really yeah. does like that. And mm-hmm. your body wants to be healthy more than we ever give it credit for. You know, I think that we always think like our body is against us and it's the villain in the story. But Like you've said all along in this entire podcast, it's really about working with our body because as you can probably attest to, there's no two people that are the exact same. Like even when we talk about how long does it take to overcome adrenal fatigue, which is the question Mm -hmm. that someone wanted me to ask you, like it's got to be a very individualized thing. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. okay, 90 days, like. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about, it, it, it depends on what you do, like depends on what vitamins you take and it depends on your mindset. Are you, it's very hard to just one day decide not to be a perfectionist anymore. What you have to do is challenge those thoughts. You have to make a conscious effort to challenge those thoughts every day. Mm -hmm. And eventually you start to get into some new thought patterns. It's creating new neural pathways in your brain. And like you said, there's a million aspects that go into healing from any disease, but adrenal fatigue in specific. And, um, yeah, it depends on like how fast you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. So good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Before yeah. I have you go and tell us where we can learn more about you, I do have a few quick fire questions. Yeah. So first up, what's one thing you do every day for your health? Um, I do adaptogens and green powder. Mm. Which green powder brand do you use? Do you mind sharing? Um, yeah, I use Amazing Grass. Okay, I'll link all this up in the show notes. And then maybe you can send me over the adaptogens that you like to use. And I'll link those in yeah. the show notes too. Because that makes yeah, it easy. Sure. I think that, again, brands can be overwhelming too. <laughs> what's good, I what's not. So, so okay. overwhelming. Right? So we'll just break that down. We'll just throw them in the show notes so you don't have to stress over that. Okay, what's your favorite <laughs> health book? I think it's Michael Pollan's Food Rules. Mm, I haven't read that one yet. It's very simple. Yeah. It's not groundbreaking, but it's just right. a very simple book. Yep. Sometimes we just need uh-huh. need to be reminded of the simple. What's your favorite health tip? Um, honestly, I think it's to ditch the type A perfectionism. Mm. Um, I think that that makes people, I think they highly underestimate how much better they'll feel if they just aren't putting that pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's one thing you do for a healthy mind every day? You might have already said this. Yeah, I do uh, personal development books or I listen to podcasts every day or and I do gratitude. Okay, so what are some podcasts that you listen to? Um, I like Amy Porterfield's podcast. I like Rise Together. I like Jenna Kutcher's. I like this one a lot. Um, well, Thrival <laughs> Nutrition. Yeah, I think those are kind of my main ones I listen to. Cool. Yeah. And what's the best piece of advice you could leave us with? Um, I think just to be self-aware, learn, learn to listen to yourself and your body and your gut health, your gut, listen to those feelings that are there and they'll never lead you astray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. 
I so thank you for being on and sharing your wisdom with us. It has been a true privilege and an honor to have you on. So can you tell us where they can find more about you and what you do? Because you have a lot of great resources yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website at AllieDameron.com. And I'm also at Instagram at AllieDameron. And uh, I have a Facebook business page called Allie Dameron Wellness Services that I'm at too. Perfect. And then my podcast is Allie Dameron Show. Yes. And I will link all of that up in the show notes. So if you missed any of that, you can find Allie over there and I'll link up even the the adaptogens that we talked about and the greens yeah. powder because those are always useful information to have. So yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. And diving into this, what could be a very complex subject that I just feel like you just simplified <laughs> so well um, oh, into thanks. practical steps that we could be doing. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. That is it. For another episode here at Simple Roads Radio, I'm so glad to have Allie on and talk about a subject that, like I said, so many people suffer with and they just have no idea. And that's the thing about our adrenals is they come into play and we really see the effect when they become stressed and taxed and how many of our lives are overly stressful. I thought Allie gave us a ton of great tips to help us get started in healing adrenal fatigue naturally and what we can do. I'm going to be sharing a few more of those tips in more detail over in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 141. Remember while you're there to sign up for my email list where we can connect on a deeper level. Okay, I hope you love that episode. Just again, another great episode in this metabolism series. Next week, like I said, I'm going to be wrapping up this series with my biggest takeaways and how you can start implementing these into your everyday life. Last week on the blog, we had the one day stress fix. We're going to kind of play off that a little bit more because when we look at metabolism as a whole, it really does boil down to just taking the stress off and starting to work with your body instead of against it. That's why I love, love, love the episode that I did on force creates resistance and how your resistance brain can prevent you from losing weight and being awesome and all the things and how this is really just a mindset. So stay tuned next week as we dive into that. And then we are done with the metabolism series. We're kind of moving on, switching gears. We're mixing things up with some topics that are about below the belt. And I have some cellulite topics and great guests really coming on the show. And then this summer, we're going to enter an anxiety series, which I cannot be more thrilled about because who doesn't struggle with the anxiety? And did we know how many triggers there are to that and how we can work through that? So I'm really looking forward to that, changing things up a little bit this summer with some new ideas that are coming your way. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, while you're here, one of the best things that you can do to help me is to share this podcast on social media. Just take a snippet of a podcast that you loved and share with your friends and encourage them to listen to Simpro's radio. This show is growing and I couldn't be more thrilled, but it isn't without your help. So I can't thank you enough. Really, you are what makes the show go round. So I'm so encouraged. And I thank you so much for sharing this with your friends and family. For now, don't forget to head to the show notes, simpleartswellness.com backslash 141. Come back next week. Check out what we have to say as we wrap up this metabolism series and give you the play-by-play on how to fix your metabolism for good. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of the week. Spring is here. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, but it's coming, right? Like the sun is warming things up and soon green grass is going to be showing. So wherever you are, I hope you have a great rest of the week and I will see you back here next week.